It was a real gift last week to hear Father John offer the sermon in worship, and he told some funny um, introductory stories that got everyone laughing, and I thought, oh, that feels so good and sounds so nice to hear everyone's laughter. So I thought, maybe I can come up with a funny story as it relates to today's text. But you know what? Getting lost is just not funny. I could not, I had several, and every time they just ended like this. Because nobody likes to be lost. It is not a funny thing. I did try to Google things with punchlines where it would, the punchline would be right where I left it or the last place I looked, and Google did not help me out at all. But I did find a couple that I'll share with you, a couple of jokes that you can take home. Although, it might be a very particular audience that would laugh heartily at either of these. I decided to center them around sheep. So the first joke is this. Did you hear about the shepherd who drove his sheep through town? He was given a ticket for making a U-turn. And one more, because you loved that one so much. <laughs> Someone who takes care of a sheep is called a shepherd. What's someone called who takes care of chickens? A chicken tender. <laughs> I didn't come up with those as much as I wish I could take credit, but fortunately, maybe some of the little people that just went out for story time, you can tell it to them and uh, they'll get these. Indeed, being lost is not funny. And although we might laugh about it later, um, we never laugh about it in the moment. It's beautiful to hear a reflection from theologian and mystic Howard Thurman on this first parable that Jesus tells this morning about the lost sheep in a sermon from 1951. He tells it from the perspective of the sheep. I want to share with you his words. A sheep was enjoying his grass, and then when he started to fe feeling chilly, he didn't recall, but the only thing that he remembers is that suddenly he became aware that he was cold. And there was a throwback in his mind, and he realized that he had been cold for some time. But the grass was good. Then he looked around, and he discovered that he was alone, that everybody had gone. That is, that all the sheep had gone. And he began crying aloud. And then the shepherd, who had many sheep, missed him when he got back to the fold, and he left his ninety and nine to try to find this sheep that was lost. And Jesus says, God is like that. Nothing heavy and theological about that. Very little that is dogmatic, technically, about it. Just that here is a shepherd who loves his sheep, and one of the sheep is doing the most natural thing in the world, and that is to eat grass did it with such enthusiasm and over a time interval of such duration that he didn't know when the shepherd called, and he was lost. And why was he lost? He was lost because he was out of touch with the group that sustained him, the group that fed him, that gave him a sense that he counted. That's all. And as soon as he was out there alone, he said, I'm just here by myself, nothing but me and all of this, and I want to feel that I count with the others. There's a certain warmth in that. There's a certain something that is creative and redemptive about the sense of community, about the fellowship." End quote. 
Howard Thurman was a pastor of a new church in California, one of the first biracial worshiping communities in the late 1940s. He was cognizant of what it takes to make Christian community. And I love this beautiful story, this idea of this sheep looking up and realizing he's all alone. That resonates with me. And this is how getting lost happens. It just happens. Being lost is horrible. We are always right where we were. We think of being lost as something that lost, a lo the lost one does, but it isn't. It's something that happens to us. We become lost. Howard Thurman's story reminds us that getting lost is something that happens to us when the community or identity or security we know leaves. We can't find ourselves. Many of us feel like we're in the flock of Jesus when everything is going all right. There's a certain warm feeling. And when that is absent, we most certainly feel lost. It's a rude and painful awakening to look up and realize something is not right. This disorientation, this deep recognition that we're lost, is something that we've felt collectively in several different ways. On this 9-11 date, the 21st anniversary of the terror that was experienced on our soil, we felt a sense of disorientation, a sense of lostness, because of the horror of that day. And then most recently with the pandemic, as things broke apart, fractured in a million different pieces and we were separated from one another. And we came to realize the injustices of our loved country and how it affected people in so many different ways. And all of a sudden we became disoriented again. Where am I? What is this? And how do I find my way back? And for some people, this is also the experience of the church. What was once a familiar and glorious place, overflowing with people, robust on a Sunday morning, a credit to one's personhood, where they attended, it's no longer that way. We might begin to wonder, then where am I? Being lost is not fun. Being lost is not funny. St. John of the Cross, a Spanish Catholic priest, mystic and Carmelite friar, a major figure in the Counter-Reformation in Spain in the 16th century, spoke about this lostness. If you know your world's history in the 1500s, life was brutal, and the church was a deep part and very engaged part in the horrors that happened. St. John of the Cross, as he became known, wanted to see a church that was more reflective of the gospel and the good news and he entered into what he later referred to as the dark night of the soul, a period of absence of God, where he felt that God was not there. It's interesting, so often we understand God's presence in the positive. We say, this is where God is, and this is how I know that this is where God is, and this is how I experience where God is, and we collectively affirm that. And then, if we have a moment where we only feel the darkness it becomes the space of negativity, if you will. And it's in that absence that St. John of the Cross began to realize that God is present still. Because in his longing for God, he knew that God existed. 
and his ability to acknowledge God's absence, he knew that God existed. And so it became a transformational experience. No longer did he only know God in the positive, but he knew God in the negative too. And God became bigger and more solid and more faithful and more loving than he had ever imagined before. In the podcast, Listening to the Mystics, or Turning to the Mystics, oops, can't remember which one it is, it was there that I heard these words. God weans us from the familiar ways in which we've engaged and known God so that we might realize that God is more than that. And so it is that St. John of the Cross found his difficult time a blessing because God weaned him from his certainty of who God was and where God is and then illuminated for him within the community of faith that God is bigger than that. And isn't that part of what we are struggling to realize, that God is bigger than our North Atlantic perspective over these last 400 years? This is why I like reading the mystics that go back even before the 1500s, because they weren't involved in the world as we know it. The Episcopal Church is remembering this fact, that God is bigger than the North Atlantic perspective that we've known over these last 400 years, and remembering together that it is in community that we discover the way forward. You will undeniably hear in the coming months and years about beloved community because it has emerged as a language from our general convention this past summer, and more is being put out about how is it that we can together make a beloved community that recognizes all of our createdness and individualness and the blessing of that as the children of God together, the body of Christ. This comes from a deep, faithful realization that it's in relationship with one another, knowing one another more deeply than only a facial recognition, that we begin to see God's revelation in our midst. For each of us, as the body of Christ, brings a unique dimension to our collective whole. As I have said with frequency, it seems, and maybe annoyance, no one can be a Christian by themselves. I see a smile and chuckle from someone who has heard me say that a few times. It's a little confusing because the individualism of Protestantism can make us think that we can be a Christian by ourselves. We read scriptures by ourselves. We pray on our own. We determine how to contribute to the community by our own volition. But it's in Christian community that we begin to parse out the movement of the Spirit. Is this justice or vengeance that I'm engaged in? Is this hurt or discomfort that I'm feeling? Is the warm feeling that I have one of self-righteousness or a commitment to service? Am I anxious or excited about what is unknown and familiar? These feelings and insights can be right beside each other, and we can be deceived when we're on our own. But in Christian community, we gain a clarity that God gives to us. For Jesus reminds us, wherever two or three are gathered, I am in the midst of them. Why? Because when we come together, we remember Jesus. As the body of Christ, we come together to create the body of Christ, or to be remembered as the body of Christ. For God has already made us that in Christ. And when we come forward to receive the sacrament, we become as that which we take into ourselves. That's what the words remind us of. 
And as we take it into ourselves and we remember ourselves more deeply, oh right, I'm not just me, I'm not just Whitney, you're not just you. We are a part of God's body, Christ's body in the world, called into that through our baptism and empowered to do that in relationship with one another. Thurman speaks of this important thing of community and even the pain of being separated from our communities. Again, I quote from his sermon, insulation is something that is spiritual. There's something inside of me that pulls up the drawbridge. Sometimes I do it because I'm afraid. Sometimes I do it because I'm clumsy and awkward and I don't quite know how to establish a relationship or relationships with my fellows that can float my spirit to them and bring their spirit to me. Now, Jesus says that God is like the shepherd, seeking always to find those who are out of the community with their fellows. And when they have found it, when they have found their community with their fellows, then all the world seems to fit back into place and life takes on new meaning. The lost sheep, the searching shepherd, and the cry of anguish of the sheep was the voice of identification that the shepherd heard. That is how God is, if we let him. Separation is another way, word for sin. Sin is when we are separated from God. We can be separated by our own ignorance or fear or apathy, or frustration, self-righteousness, hurt, disappointment. All of these things can separate us from God. All of these things can separate us from one another, the church. God calls us into community so that we might know him. And getting to know God and God's radical love is beyond what we can comprehend and will take us into areas that we did not anticipate. But it is God who shepherds us into that new reality, guiding us and leading us all along the way. Here at St. Stephen's, as we begin this new program year next week with our little celebration of coming back together, we, the staff and volunteer leadership, have created opportunity after opportunity for us to gather together as community. Lots of little ways for us to be in proximity to one another and in fellowship with one another. The opportunities we recognize won't necessarily be the best option you have in your schedule for that time, but we offer them as opportunities to create community. If you want to be in Christian community because you want to experience the redemptive and life-giving love of God in Jesus, we say come together Here's another way for you to plug in to what God can do in and through us. And so you'll see them in the announcement leaflet. Our coffee hour, it's just, I think it's Folgers. It's really not probably what you even make at home. But it's an excuse to hold a cup of something and talk with one another. We threw in a couple fun things for the younger people, but let me tell you, I intend to play some of these games and I don't think I qualify for young any longer. Let us have fun together in the community that is us. The Mary Brewster Committee put on a wonderful event at the Hickories yesterday. And indeed, there was other things that people could do. 
but they chose to come together in fellowship with one another. Confirmation is a program that does have a given end, but it is going to be a require, it's going to be difficult to make it happen on people's busy schedules. We do it, however, to create that opportunity of fellowship and community with one another. We're offering you a time to be on a worship team, to sign up to be on a worship team one Sunday a month. You wouldn't serve every single Sunday that you're here on your team, but you'll get to know your team. Another opportunity for fellowship. Nutmeg and Neighbors, which is coming up this upcoming Saturday, you might have other things to do on a Saturday, but we hope that you'll choose to be in community with one another. We figured you needed to eat dinner anyway, and so that's what will be provided. The Encouraging Justice Program. Of course, you've been working on your own on all, any number of things. I know you all are out there working on environmental justice and racial justice and economic justice and gender equity and LGBTQ matters and voting rights. I know that you have picked up a particular thing to do. But how can we come together and be encouraged by noticing that each of us are doing whatever it is we can? And the Decker Fund Committee, the opportunities it offers for those that are over 60 to have fellowship with one another, specifically stated in Ms. Decker's fund um, that she gave to the church. This is because community is necessary for us to remember Christ. Whenever two or three come together, we discover Christ again. Christ is bigger than us and, and more complex than us, but we recognize it in relationship with one another. And so it is that we come to the collect appointed for today that reminds us that it is the shepherd who guides us and lead us, leads us in all things. Because of our own strength, we don't want to do community. It's a lot of work. But with God's blessing, we recognize and begin to discover all that it has to offer us. Let us pray. O oh God, because without you, we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.